We're continuing our series, What If? And we've been having an ongoing conversation talking about the difference we could make if we would actually work as, as a community. We talked about what if everyone was connected, if everyone saw their potential to contribute to the work of God. We, we talked about what if everyone prayed and how we could affect not only our lives but the world around us if we would be committed to this conversation and this dialogue with the Lord. We, we talked last week about what if everyone mattered and talked how God sees everyone as important, not just some, not just his elect or the church, but God sees everyone. And Jesus gave those illustrations of the lost sheep and how he left the 99 to go find the one, the coin where she swept the house to find that lost coin, or the prodigal son where he left but then returned and the father welcomed him and how important it is for us to have that mentality that not only do, does everyone matter, but that we matter as well to God. And I had you guys write out a little something that you know is your, basically, letter to failure and writing to failure, letting failure know what you think, knowing that you matter to God, and also a word from God to yourselves. And, and I heard some neat things from that, that it was encouraging. And so we're going to continue. And what we're going to talk about this morning is what if everyone served? And, and I don't know where your mind goes when you hear the word served, but usually it's like, oh no, commitment. At least that's kind of where my mind can go. Oh, we need you to serve. It, it doesn't sound like something that is very inviting. But maybe it's because we're seeing it in a different context. And so I want you to open to Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 32. Mark 10, verse 32. If you need a copy of the scriptures, raise your hand and we'll have someone run it out to you or run it down to you. We got a few there. Just keep your hands up and Val will get those to you. And so we're starting on verse 32 of Mark chapter 10. And Jesus is speaking and he says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose I have come to bring peace. Let me see. I'm in... Where am I? I'm in the wrong place. I'm in another place that I... I'm not in Mark. Okay. Here we go. I'm like, wait a second. What message is this? Um... Mark 10:32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise." So this is a somber moment. Jesus comes and he says, this is what's in front of me. And so now let's hear the disciples' response. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That just makes me laugh. Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. Who asks those things? We do, okay? I, I, you might not say it in those words, but often our prayers are, Lord, do this, do this. And so we kind of 
Lord, do whatever we ask. And Jesus, if you want to know how to respond when people say something, I want you to do something, look how Jesus responds, because it's great. What do you want me to do? He doesn't say yes or no. He goes, what do you want? What do you want me to do, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other on your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit on my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Now, why do you think they got upset? Yeah, it's like, hey, what about us? I want to sit on the right and left too, right? What are you guys kind of boxing us out? You know, you're going to get the in with Jesus. You want to be his right-hand guy. And so here's this squabbling that's going on among Jesus' disciples. And this was an ongoing thing. We see that this happened more than once. And so they're quarreling with each other and they're complaining about, why did you guys do this? What, what's going on? Why are you acting in this way? And so after he says this, they start arguing with him. Jesus called them together in verse 42 and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The disciples had in their mind that we want a position that is powerful. We want a a position of influence. We want to be key in the work that you are doing. And so set us in a position, put us up to management, put us in that high position so that we can have the title, so that we can have that authority, so that we can be people who are very, you know, noticeable and important. I remember one time I went into a tire store, I think it was Big O Tires, I don't know if they still have Big O Tires, but I went in there and the guy who was helping me was an assistant manager, he had a little patch on there. And so he's like, yes, I forget his name. You know, my name's John, assistant manager. I'm like, oh, and then I saw the guy next to him had a patch that said assistant manager. In fact, everyone on the counter had a patch that said assistant manager. And I was like, okay, a bunch of assistant managers, you know, and there's somewhere there's a manager with a lot of assistants here, but they all had this patch. It was like, okay, I've got the important patch. I'm the assistant manager. And so many times we want the title, we want the prestige, we want people to see us, and we think that that title gives us the ability to make a difference and to make an influence. And Jesus stops them. In in this time of indignation towards each other, how dare you try and put yourself in a place above us? And Jesus says, you know, those, the Romans, they're exercising authority over you. That's what they do, but that's not so with you. With you, I I want you to understand, if you want to make a difference, then you need to be the servant of all. If you want to be a leader in my work, then you have to be the slave of others. 
And then he gave himself as the example. So this isn't just someone wanting to usurp authority over them. He says, if I am your Lord and I serve you, what should you do? I didn't come to be served, but I came to give my life as a ransom. You see, he's giving us marching orders. He's giving us understanding of how the kingdom of God works. And so if I were to say, how many of you would like to be a part of God's work and God's kingdom? We'd all be, sign me up. I want to be a part of that. But then when we say, okay, we need you to serve, it's like the hands go down. Well, I'm busy, you know, Saturday got, you know, something going on that donut run or whatever. You know, I've got something that's taking place. Donut run, what is that? Um, Our idea of serving is contrary to the idea of leading. But Jesus here is giving himself as an example. This is how he leads, is by serving. We know too well of the people who are in authority who abuse their authority, who take money on the side. The mayor up in Toronto, you guys seen the video? The guy, he's, you know, on crack or, you know, and he's talking and he's going to, you know, beat someone up and he's violent and he's just on drugs. And then his response, well, why did you do this? And he says, well, it's because I was in a drunken stupor. Good one. You know, that, that gives you more points. You know, I was drunk when I was high and trying to kill this guy. You know, it's like, but here is the authority. Here is someone who is elected and his ratings probably went up. You know, he's just, what's going on? This person is given power and then he goes crazy. And we're so used to that. We, we see that many times. And Jesus is telling us, if you're going to be a part of this work I'm doing, it's going to be done differently. In fact, if you want to be great, the greatest will be the one who serves the most. And so then the question has to come in, how do we serve? What, what does serving look like? What, how do we serve God? And, you know, it would be easy for me in a position where, you know, I am overseeing in a pastoral way the community of Genesis to tell you all the needs that are here at Genesis, that this is where you're to serve. And don't worry, I will tell you some of those. But there is so much more when you think of the idea of serving. Serving is not just about your community church. Serving is giving of yourself and of your time to the things that God cares about. To involving your life in the things that are of value in the heart of God. And so it could be helping those who are in need. It could be doing what we do when we go to Haiti or to Mexico. It could be, you know, at work or at school, just helping those who are around you. You can serve in so many areas. It could be helping with family, serving with family, those who are in need in your own family. There are a million areas where you can serve. But, but here's the key. What you're doing is actually representing God to those around you by caring enough to help others be elevated. If you will lift other people up 
you will find yourself being lifted up. And the thing that happens in service doesn't just happen to those who you're helping. There is something transformational that happens to you. And I was thinking of, trying to think of examples, you know, and I mean, there's, there's things that I have experienced in my life. I mean, some of the people here I've known for 20 years, and I've known because I have been involved in serving at a church or somewhere. Gil and Mary I've known for a long time and was in serving, you know, way back, Gil's been serving in sound, I was doing music, and we just developed a friendship that here is still 20 years later. Alex and Julie, known them forever. Jillian, who is singing with me today, I knew her when she was like five years old and had bows that were bigger than this music stand in her hair. You know, and how cool it is. I, I'm up here now singing with her and I'm thinking, how did this all happen? Well, it came when we were serving together. We developed a friendship that has stayed throughout these years. And even though there's times where we didn't see each other for a long time or a few years, that friendship stayed. Why? Because we bonded together in that time where we served with one another. And, and so there's those kinds of examples. But, you know, I, I think the most... Powerful example, at least to me, uh, the idea of serving it is what happens to us as parents. When you have children, and I, I say that plural because that's what happened to us. We, we didn't have one. We had children. We had twins. And we were all ecstatic because we had no idea what was going to happen to us. <laughs> oh boy, we've got twins. And so we had twins and they were premature and so they required us to feed them and we had to make sure they had enough food. We had to measure the formula that they were, or the food that, that yeah, was milk. Yeah, mom's milk. Anyway, we had to measure it and make sure they ate enough. But because they weren't, you know, fully developed, they couldn't quite suck in and all those things, it would take them like an hour each to eat. So there's two of them. So that's two hours. If we're working together, it's still an hour, and then you got to burp them, and then they would wake up every four hours minus the hour it took to feed them, okay? So it was like you get three hours of sleep at a time, maybe, and then they'd cry too because they're not happy enough, you know? And so it's, there was like a year that I don't know if I murdered anyone or anything, I, I'm a... <laughs> It's just a vision, you know, I would find myself out in the street wandering, what am I doing here, you know, I just, I would wake up having hallucinations, thinking I've lost a kid in the bed, you know, like, where are they, they're here somewhere, and then Karina's like, what, and we're looking in the bed for the kid, where's the kid, where's the kid, oh, they're in the crib, oh, how did they get there, we must have put them there, I don't remember, and so... There was this time where I was just disoriented and all our life was about was these babies. All we did was feed them nonstop and then change them. And we had the diaper service. I don't know why we had diaper service. Cause those, they went through so many diapers as premature. I mean, it was like, oh, they're wet. They're, oh, oh, what is that? You know, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, get rid of that. And we went through like 100 diapers in a week or something like that. I forget. It, I, I don't remember the number. I just remember it being crazy. And 
as we are doing this, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> as we were doing this, giving of ourselves, I noticed that there was something that started taking place within us. These babies became our life. And we would get a break. Parents would come in and say, you guys, go on, get away, take a break. You're, you're scaring us. You know, you need to, to go to the show, go to dinner. And we'd go out, and the whole time we were out, we would talk about these babies. Like, what's wrong with us? And, and as time goes on with your children, you who have children, you know this, they become just so important to you. And what you do is really serve them. You you not only feed them and you not only change them, you also start to teach them, you also start to help them to walk, you also have to kind of discipline them, and and you're constantly giving of your life to them. And then something happens, they become so important to you. And you guys know this, especially you mamas. Those kids become everything to you. Miss husbands... Honey, there's nothing but celery in the refrigerator. I'm wondering if we have any food. Hold on, I've got to take the kids to McDonald's. Can you get me something when you're there? <laughs> they become important to you, and your life is given over to them. And you find yourself more and more in love with your children. And what do they do for you? They smile. You know, if they say your name, ah, they said my name. You know, think about it. All they did was say your name and you're in tears. Why? Because you've given of yourself into something so much that it has increased in its value in your life. What would happen if we would give ourselves to God in that way? And then Jesus' words, if you love Father, mother, sister, brother, more than me, you're not worthy of me. Start to to ring true. If you give yourself and your life away to these things, but more than you do to me, then your priorities are wrong. And you see, serving doesn't just do something for the people you serve. Serving does something to you. It transforms your heart It changes the way you think about circumstances. And so then when you find yourself going to Mexico or going to Wales or going to Haiti, all of a sudden you find yourself caring about the things that are there. Why? Because you went there and gave of yourself. So many times when I would go on a short-term mission trip, we'd go there and you would connect with these people and pretty soon... I want to go back. Why? Because these people mean so much to me. You were only there for a month. You were only there for a few weeks. Why? I don't know, but they mean a lot to me. I have relationships to this day from 15 years ago from times that I spent in a foreign country. Why? Because those people became so important to me. You see, serving isn't about just giving of something yourself to something else. It's about changing you and how you see things. And so instead of thinking of serving as, okay, I've got to do my duty, think of serving as the opportunity to connect to the heart of God in the world around us. And let it change who you are. Turn with me 
to Matthew 23. Jesus has a dialogue with the Pharisees. Verse 1, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. Underline that, and I hope it makes you sick every time you read it. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called pastor by others. I mean, rabbi. Sorry. But you are not to be called rabbi. For you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, Jesus is making a point here. It's not that you should never call anyone like your dad father, It's the idea that there is a position that God is supposed to hold of honor. And we're not to strive for positions of honor. We're not to do things so that other people will look at us and give us respect. Instead, what we are supposed to do is lift others up. Give of ourselves to others. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. We want a name for ourselves. We want prestige. We want people to think well of us just to get that satisfaction. He's saying you're going to be humbled. Instead, he tells us the greatest among you will be your servant. And so the opportunity to be great is before you, at least great in the eyes of God. Now the challenge is, Is Jesus telling you the truth? Do you believe that? Or do you still want to be served? Do you really believe that Jesus' words are true, that those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted? If you do, how should that show up in your lives? You see, we can play the, the Christian game. And it's easy to go to church and and it's easy to not do bad things and it's easy for us to involve ourselves in certain manners but the idea of actually giving of ourselves well that takes effort that takes time that will cost you something and that's where we push back I, i i know there are a lot of people who, who will go to a church because they like what they get from it. And there's nothing wrong. You know, they go and, oh, I love the music. Oh, I, I love, you know, the, the set and I love the teaching and I love these things. Oh, it's I, I always get, I get, I get. But then, 
you have to think about Jesus. So what are you doing to contribute to the work of God? Great. I'm so glad that this place has great things happening. I'm so glad it's got good teaching, good music, and good child care, and all those things. Great. What about making that happen for someone else? What about taking your abilities and using that so that it can help someone else? What about you contributing and making someplace better instead of just going someplace because it makes you feel better? What if we could turn our community into the coolest place on earth, better than Disneyland, as Michael has pointed out in his cartoon? What if people came here and they felt the love? What if you cared for their children so much that their kids told them, I want to go back because I love teacher so-and-so? Now, I know that happens with some of you. They love some of you teachers. What a great thing. You've just made life better for someone else. When we had four children all in diapers, okay? And we would take them to church. And the the journey from waking up to getting to church went through hell, okay? We, we, ha- we had to go through hell to get to church. I mean, we had to get them dressed, and then we had to try and get them fed. And we would get them in the car, and they'd be screaming. And I remember we gave them gum to stop them from screaming one time and and then Corrine took one of the kids out of the car and they were screaming and all of a sudden he stopped and we're like, what happened? And we found out later that when he was screaming, his gum went in her hair and she had this big thing of gum in her hair. She didn't, and he thought, oh no, I'm in trouble. I better shut up. So, and and then we would get to the nursery, right? And and we're putting on the smile because we're at church. God bless you too. You know, and we we get there to the the door and then the lady says, I'm sorry, we're all full. We can't take your kids unless you come in and watch them. You know, if I had a gun, you know, it would be bad news. And then my wife would say, okay, no problem. She'd go in there, no, this isn't right, what we've been through, you know. And she goes, I don't care, just get me away from you. I don't want to talk to you again, you know. And I, I would, it would just break my heart because here I knew how much we needed a break. We had four little ones in diapers and they were making us crazy. And we'd go to church and like, okay, we're going to get an hour of peace, you know, where we don't have to worry about those. And then they say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't take them because we didn't get there in time, you know. And then you're racing other parents to get there so they can stay with the kids. And then, I don't want to get there. We had 13 babies last week or the week before. 13 babies. And I remember Bill was overseeing, and I'd see Bill come in, and he'd take someone out. And Bill come in, take someone out. He came in and got my wife. He came in and got my daughter. I guess my family's tagged, you know. It's like, okay, get, get, so that we could watch the babies. All they needed to do is have someone to hold them. And Terry said, guys are preferred. Babies love the man. They'll just sit there and hold them. That's right. Woo, woo. That's right. We got something. We can hold a baby. You don't have to change them. 
You don't have to do anything, just hold them. When they cry, you just stand up and rock them. Sometimes you don't even stand up, you just sit there and hold a baby. Sometimes that's all we need is some arms to hold a baby. And if we had enough arms, that would be great. You know, the children is one of those areas, it, it requires so many people to be involved to do things well. And we'd love to do things better. And we need people to do that. I'm not saying this to guilt you into anything. I'm saying this because I would love to see our community just be a community that influences our city and the cities around. I'd love for Genesis to be known for a place that cares for people, where people really do matter, where we actually do serve people, where people come here and they feel that they're being welcomed, their kids are being taken care of, that we put effort into making sure that we're giving of ourselves to you in some way. I would love to do more in our community and just help maybe even the schools do some cleanup things with the schools. You know, we help with the healthy start and Christmas is coming. We're going to do our Advent conspiracy again where we're going to try and help the needs of our community in some small way. Why? Because that's what changes us. That's what makes us useful in the kingdom. That's what transforms us from being people who are always wanting to people who actually give. So instead of us being self-serving, we're actually self-sacrificing. Jesus brought healing to the world by his sacrifice. We can bring healing to the world around us if we would sacrifice and serve the people around us. And what if every one of us here saw some way, some place, something that we could do to serve somewhere, someone, in some way? How would it change the dynamic of who we are? I know that some of you have grown really close together because you get here at 8 o'clock and you set things up. I think everyone who's just about here at 8 o'clock setting up rides a bike now because of Rick. You know, not everyone, but I mean, like five guys, and it's all Rick's fault. Yeah, you guys should get a bike. You should get a bike. I'm tired of being out there by myself, you know? Ran into bear. I want you to see the bears too, you know? And it's like, <laughs> what would happen? You know, well, his friendship developed into, oh, yeah, and so now, you know, they got a bunch of guys go riding bikes together. How did it happen? Well, it just happened when they started serving together the conversation, the connection, the development of friendship. Some of you are lonely. How how do I meet someone? Why don't you serve? Why don't you step in and start serving and you'll find the relationships you develop and make with someone. That's how I met my wife. Serving at church. Just letting you guys know, okay? It's got its dividends. You give of yourself and you find that you are the one who receive. And the opportunity to be great in the eyes of God, come by serving others. So, so think about that. How can we be of service to the people around us? Not just here at Genesis, 
but in our work, in our community. Because when we do that, we are most like Jesus. Think about it. The one who had all power, the one who had all authority, girded himself with a towel and washed the disciples' feet, the ones who were arguing about who could be the greatest. And while they're talking about who's going to be the greatest, he goes and takes on the job of a slave and washes their feet and gives them an example. If I wash your feet, what should you do? And why should we do it? You see, to me, the the great thing is the why. Yeah, you should serve, but why? Because it changes you. It changes you. Just like my life was forever changed by giving myself to my kids. I am ruined forever in, in the best way. I, I, I've learned what love is because I had to love. And it was almost like I was tricked into it. And then here I am, and I couldn't imagine a life without that. I would be so much less. And we stand at the, the gate for that to happen with us in our service to God and to others. That we will be forever changed. We will be forever ruined. And I already have been. I, I can't imagine not serving God in some way. When Genesis started, right before Genesis started, I had lost my position at another church. And so I had wanted to start a, a work. And I was thinking, I've shared this story before, up in Napa, St. Helena. Well, maybe there's a small church. And to me, it was like, well, if I don't go there, I'm not going anywhere. And to me, that was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? My life has always been about being a part of that, and it was scary for me. It was frightening. The thought of not giving of myself in some way to God terrified me. And then Alex, from out of my past, that connection said, hey, you should start a Bible study. And that was the beginning of Genesis. Like, okay, I can do that. I, I can take some time and doing the dog training and all these other things. But yeah, I need to be a part of what God's doing. So, so here's the challenge to us. I want you to think about how you can give your life to the work of God. I, I want you to think of what you can do to serve. And maybe, you know, it'll start in one direction. Maybe you'll say, okay, you know what? Babies scare me to death, but I'll hold one. Okay? <laughs> I'll go in there, I'll hold a baby, and I'll see what happens. And maybe you'll love it. Okay? I know some of the guys who've gone in there are like, man, this is cool. They like me. <laughs> Someone finally likes me, you know? It's like they go in there and they love it. And maybe you'll go in there and say, yeah, no, the baby thing isn't for me. And then maybe you can come and help them set up. Or maybe you want to help in the music. You're musically inclined. Or, or maybe you want to, you know, the reason I'm singing isn't because I wanted to sing. It's because Alex wasn't here. And 
I couldn't get anyone else. So it's like, okay, this is why I'm here. And my fingers are really sore because I haven't played guitar in a long time. But maybe you could fill that role. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can sing and, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a drama team? I got all these ideas. I'd love to do little skits. The kids, maybe once a month we could do some skits with the kids that could just do something that puts on for them going along with the lesson that they're doing. And they're kids. They'll appreciate anything, right? You can be a ham with them and they love it. I mean, there's so many things that are potential. So if you've got an idea, something in your mind, if you want to help out in some way, see us. Go back at the next step table, talk to Mary, sign up for something. If you want to talk with me about an idea you have, let's go for it. We can meet, you can buy me coffee, and I'll listen. (laughs) But let's serve. Let's serve each other. Let's serve the community around you. And let's serve our God by caring enough for each other. Let's pray. Father, I always feel so awkward telling people to serve, but Lord, I know the benefit it has been to my life that my relationship with you has become rooted and developed because of service. And so, Lord, I say this not just for myself here at Genesis. I say that for all of us. Hearing your words, Lord, if we want to be great, if we want to be a part of your kingdom, then we need to be a servant of all. And what would happen if we fought to serve like the disciples fought to be great? What would happen if we gave of ourselves to each other and to you and to the people around us as a representation of of what you have done for us? How would it change our relationships? How would it change our ability to talk about you to others? How would it change us and enlarge our heart? And so, Father, I pray that you would show us the importance of serving. Lord, the things that we could do if we were all involved. And I know there are a lot of people here who just don't know what they can do. They're afraid to step into something. They just don't feel qualified. But, Lord, you have qualified all of us. And we all have potential. We can all be of value and of use. And, Lord, I pray that you would prompt our hearts to push to find that so that we would find a purpose in serving. And I do thank you for this time, Lord. Bless everyone here, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.